0: his grandmother taking uh, a bad fall I was more Jerry but uh, watch this video real quick this is part of what last night pretty much. It's. And, uh, and we got to the airport last night. Uh, they were lined up all the way through the airport, and people on both sides. And it was. Uh, there were two World War II veterans, Brent. Is that right? Only two. And uh, not many of those those people left. Uh, Robbie's uh, grandmother was. Rosie the, the rivers, I believe that generation. And when we look at that generation, they were known as the greatest generation, that group of people because they could do so much with solar and uh, oh, thank you. And uh, I remember as a kid, and I, I didn't think about this till just now. And I've used this before. I don't know how many of y'all ever went to Bob's Ready to wear in London. On the cash register, there was a piece of paper. And I committed this to my memory. And I don't know why I can remember it now, because I can't tell you hardly what I ate for breakfast this morning. (laughs) But it said, we the willing, led by the unknowing, do the impossible for the ungrateful. We have done so much, with so little, for so long, we are now capable of doing anything with nothing. You think about that, and when I think about that, I think about that that World War II generation, those people that went through a depression, those people that had not seen one world war and then went through another World War II. to that airport we saw those men and as they came and as you can see in that video little kids with flags there was kids with strawers there was little kids, Ezekiel and Ellen and a lot of children there with flags and there was a gentleman that stood across from us and he brought those flags to Ezekiel and Ellen and gave them to them and I looked for him afterwards, and he got gone. I didn't have time to thank him. But as they waved those flags, those men came through, and they just kind of broke up in different ones. And those men saluted those flags. And they would reach down to those children, and they would fist bump them or shake their hands, and they thanked them. They thanked them. Lady told Lisa, Kristen Hannah, she said, My husband has been respected more, he was in Vietnam, the last few years than he ever was. And uh, you could tell she was very thankful, very gracious for this. Uh, You know, and and another lady uh, said, They wheeled her mother through in a wheelchair as she walked with her dad. She said, in 1968, she dropped him off to go to Vietnam. Last time she was here, she was there last time." And as I looked around that crowd of people, I remember dropping my brother off there I think it was 1970, and uh, me, my oldest sister, my mother, uh, he wouldn't let his wife go. Best I remember, she wasn't there, she wanted to be, but he said no. And my sister's brother in law dropped him off as he left Vietnam. I think that's for, he'd been there and come home and went back. But anyhow, thought of the time that had lapsed and I looked at those people in that airport terminal last night and I thought I was how old are you in the 6th grade some of you school teachers eleven? I was really smart so <laughs> I may mean, That, that those little kids, that I was a little kid, and those little <coughs> kids that was there last night, I don't know how many of them remember that, but uh, to see still a few World War II veterans and these other men that didn't really get a welcoming call but did last night. And to look at their faces and to see, and, and they were thanking them. Thank you, people, for being there. And as they would shake hands with you and thank you, we'd say thank you. Because it was because of them that we're able to be here today. And if we look out there at those flags that stood at half, ta- half staff since 9 11, and of those that died in this country. And, you know, that time passes so fast. And uh, I was at Stephen in Bell's house yesterday, and I remember when I first started coming to church here, Stephen was young, I don't know how old Stephen was, but he was very young, and uh, Donna was here, and she was very young, a lot of people were very young. I was very young, <laughs> but time passes so fast. But looking back and remembering everything that these people did last night, and how those people had stood their ground for this country and what I they've done. And uh, this verse in Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, whatsoever you do do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. We went through one of the best revivals this week that I remember. I, I mean I, I don't remember as much as some but probably some more than some other. But it was a wonderful revival. It really challenged everybody here. It really got on my toes. And if we would look at this, and as those men filed back by last night, and I thought about this 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 morning, that that is a thought that who whatsoever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not unto me. We would do that. And we would make that something that we do every day. And and we can realize what each and every one of those veterans did and what we should be doing as Americans and as Christians. Because we are Christians first and then we're Americans. And and we should put Christ first in our lives. And we have been challenged by that this week as revival the people that started the rest the restoration movement, the camels, the father and the son. I believe it was Thomas and Alexander, I believe me and Dennis was talking. The dad, and then he would come here and the son carried on. And we talked about that. And this church had been here 192 years. And the church over uh Whetstone, Dennis mentioned that, Dennis helped me prepare this up with him, I think, this morning that has been there longer than that. And, and uh, even I've heard that Raccoon John Smith even spoke there, or at least maybe preached there, I don't know. It's over at Whitman County in Williamsburg. But how important it is to look back in history and to look at people that were the greatest generation that brought us through the Depression, brought us through a World War, and stood their ground, and to look at us now, that we're afraid to stand up for Christianity, we're afraid to stand up for the unborn, but there are people out there that are. There's people in this church that are doing those things. And we should be doing those things. And I hope that these young young kids remember and can understand that. And last night I thought, I don't know how much Ezekiel at six should be ready, we should be prepared because there will be another homecoming and we had a homecoming here last week and and, you know it's and I'm sure uh, we didn't get to stay for all of it but a lot of times people get to come back and see people they don't get to see very often and uh, but to be a part of a greater homecoming one day and to realize that Christ came, that he died and to believe in Christ, we have to believe the whole story. We have to believe every part. We have to believe the virgin birth. We have to believe the Old Testament when it spoke of his coming. We have to believe everything and understand that every bit of this happened. It may seem odd to you the way I brought this in, but to look at all those people last night, to look at the time, and me thinking about being 11 years old and being there, to think about how some that had passed on, what they would have thought of me coming home and being welcomed to I mean, that was just—it it was touching—and to realize. That that same homecoming, that the next homecoming, that if, as Christians, if we have led our lives the way we should, if we believe, if we confess, we repent, and we're baptized and we live a Christian life, we've got a greater homecoming than any anyone can. We just can't imagine when we get to be, to be with Christ. And we're either going to hear, welcome in, a good and faithful servant apart from me I never knew you so we need to prepare for this we need to understand this we need to understand that, that this is real the things that have happened are real all through, through the scriptures it's not make believe, it's not there for us to change it's for there there to follow the restoration movement was started for a reason it was to keep us grounded in faith and in New Testament Christianity and, uh, and Dennis said this morning he said that one of the things was where the Bible speaks we speak and where the Bible is silent we're silent Amen. and the thing about Amen. it is when, when those people that were brave enough to defend this country we should be brave enough to defend Christianity in the right way don't add to it don't take away from it, just be a part of it in the way it should be, and uh, we will be a part of that homecoming, and uh, if if you don't, I don't know if if you didn't get to be a part of the revival, uh, I guess you can still online, maybe, I don't know a lot about being online, I still call, <laughs> but uh, watch, watch some of that, watch some of the revival and enjoy that. And this morning, as Sue Ann comes, I I encourage you that if you have not made a commitment to Christ, that you would and to be a part of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and to have and to have a hope. Of being in Christ and being in heaven and realizing how wonderful that would be. I mean, it's just, we can't imagine how heaven, heaven will be. And uh, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine when we look at things the way we do. But our invitation to him is page 31, Drifting Too Far from the Shore, verses 1 and 3.